So joining me on the line today, I've got Daniel Tolson from the Tolson Institute. Welcome to the call, Daniel. David, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Look, uh, just before we started this recording, we were talking a bit about you, you know what you do in your business, but maybe just for the sake of the audience, can you explain what the uh, Tolson Institute's all about? Well, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you get that feeling that you're stuck and you don't know what to do next, that's the problem that we solve for our clients. And when my clients come to me, they normally want three things. They want influence, impact, and income. So they want to catapult their influence. They want to accelerate their impact, and they want to unleash new income levels. Now, one of my clients recently said to me, Daniel, $5 billion in revenue is not enough. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, uh, tell me why. Why isn't enough? And he said, because on $5 billion in revenues, we've only been able to feed 2 million homeless people. And I can't have the impact that I want at $5 billion. Yeah. So we've got to scale and grow. So they're the three things that my customers want from me. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. So, so tell us a bit about, um, um, I suppose, how, how do people, what triggers I need Daniel? <laughs> well, what triggered me was that uh, in 2010, I got a phone call at 4 a.m. in the morning. And I don't know if you've ever had a telephone call at 4 a.m. in the morning, but it's never good news. Never. So I picked up the phone and um, my duty controller, when I was working with Emirates Airlines, said, uh, Daniel, there's been an accident on one of the aircrafts. Hmm. This is not a peer support call. And I was a little bit bedazzled and I said, well, if it's not a peer support call, what is it? They said, it's uh, your fiance. She was in the accident. And I said, oh, what do I do? And they said, you've got to come down to the hospital immediately. So I get down to the hospital in Dubai and she's there in the back of the ambulance in a cast from her ankle to her hip. And on the aircraft, she had an accident. She fractured a knee in five places. For the following two and a half years, she's in and out of surgery, in and out of rehabilitation. She yeah. lost her income stream. And then because of the stress, the mental stress and the emotional stress, she wanted to end her life. And so I'd been studying psychology and behavioral therapies at that stage. And I thought to myself, um, this is a problem I've got to solve. So it was my turning point, it was my call to action. And uh, I was able to help her. I wouldn't say we solved the problem, but I was able to help her. Mm. But I realized that there was a lot of people uh, like both of us who were stuck and we didn't know what to do next. And they needed some support on the way through. So that's how I got into my business. And I think a yep. lot of people, they get that same feeling, I'm stuck and I don't mm. know what to do next. Yes, yes. And then um, I suppose, you know, this, this is uh, really quite, it's almost like a psychology slash uh, personal development. Um, just asking the question, why? <laughs> well, for, for me, when I grew up, I was diagnosed with uh, linear sequential learning disability. And I couldn't learn like other students. And so my teachers told me, Daniel, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're not going to succeed. But I knew there was something special in me. And I remember at about age nine, I'd say to my mum, I just want to help people. I just want to help people. And every time I was coaching, and I started coaching water sports um, 25 years ago when I was age uh, 14, and I started to coach water sports, and I felt that I could impact people's lives by helping them achieve their goals. And for that stage, it was helping people with uh, water skiing and wakeboarding. And I traveled around the world till I was 27 doing that. Yep. And I loved it. And then after my wife's accident, I said, well, why don't I take this passion and turn it into a business? Mm. And uh, after the first year, I lost all of my money. <laughs> at, the, at the start of the second year, I was on uh, Centrelink, receiving government payouts. Yep. Um, the, the year after that, I was living in the spare room of our grandparents' house. So... <laughs> 
I realized that business uh, is harder than you think and you really need some support along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so obviously the first few years were quite a struggle and then things started to click in, yeah? Things so. started to go really well. Once I started to get my mindset right, you know, I had to overcome those limiting beliefs. Yes. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. Mm. I had to overcome those. And then I had to get rid of all the self-limiting beliefs that were imprinted upon me when I grew up. Daniel, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. It's okay for those people. They work for the government. They're going to have a pension. We are just self-employed. Mm-hmm. And so tighten the belts. We can't afford the Reeboks. You've got to wear the Dunlop volleys. Uh-huh. And so as I got a little bit older, you know, started getting to that uh, 32, 33, my wife would say to me, Daniel, what's got into you? And I'd say, what do you mean? She says, every time I ask to do something, you say, we can't afford it. I want to go out for dinner. We can't afford it. Want to get a new computer? Can't afford it. Want to get a new television? Can't afford it. She said, what's got into you? And I said, I think it's my mother. (laughs) I sound like my mother. (laughs) And all those beliefs, those limiting beliefs that really used to get under my skin when I was young, I started to repeat Yes. And I realized that the inner programming, my operating system, yeah. was super toxic. And if I was going to succeed, I had to break through all of that. Yeah, right. Right. Because I think we all don't realize how much we're programmed until someone else pick, picks it up and points it out like that, right? Well, you know, one of the things with um, humans is we're vain. We don't want to see our blind spots. We don't want to see our warts. We don't want to see our pimples. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we cover it all up. Um, but I think once we start to get into our late 30s, uh, so, you know, maybe late 20s, early 30s, we start to have a little bit of an awakening. And yep. then if we don't have what we want by the age of 50 or 55, we start to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, well, there's only one thing holding me back. Uh, it's not yep. the police. It's not the government. It's not my family. Mm-hmm. It's me and my mindset. And yep. so we've got to have that awakening. And that's when my clients tend to say, uh, I need a checkup from the neck up. Yeah, right. And it is funny because, you know, the rhetoric's out there. It's been there for a while. You know, Tony Robbins has been sort of banging on about this for, what, 40 years now. And uh, people go, oh, yes, that's all that new age psychology. And you say, look, you, you know, I, I agree, right? We've been in this business coaching game for 20 years and same problem, mm. 99%, probably more. Let's, I'm, I'm just a, not, not, a, not over-exaggerating. Your 99% of limitation is self, self-imposed. Yep. Um, but trying to get people to navigate through it is a different story because as you just touched on, it's the ego sort of protection it's um, the sort of the environment that they live in because they build an environment that supports what their beliefs are to be true. And um, so, so really it's quite challenging. So I suppose we've only got a short time today, but if you had some tips on how people need to address these issues or blockages, what would you suggest? Exactly what you're saying here. You've got to make the invisible visible. Mm. Yeah. Where are your beliefs? Point to your beliefs. Point to your mm. emotions. Point to your feelings. Point yeah. to your self-limiting beliefs, your doubts. Where are they? It's all invisible, but it has a real-world impact on the bottom line of your business. Mm. If your business income or profitability is not where you want it, then you've got to ask yourself, who's running the business? Mm. And what's your operating system? And the business world in our personal life is a reflection of our inner programming. So what we really have to do is we have to gain uh, self-awareness. And the Greeks, before Tony Robbins, the Greeks said 2,000 years ago, Man, know thyself. You've got yeah. to know your strengths. You've got to know your weaknesses. And you've yeah. got to start to play to your strengths. 
And so what I say to my clients today is trust in science. If you're sick, you go to the doctor. If you think you've got cancer, you go to the doctor and you get a scientific checkup. Today, mm. we have the best technology in the world to, that can help you identify your fears, your doubts, and your limiting beliefs. And yes. once you pinpoint it, you can deal with it directly. Don't worry about the surface structure. No Band-Aids. Just be like the Chinese and just go to the root cause. Solve the root cause. Everything else will take care of itself. So how do you do that? <laughs> Beautiful. There's a piece of technology that we use today, and it measures your level of emotional intelligence. And mm. using AI technology, we can actually measure your brainwave frequencies that come out of your voice. Yeah, right. And these brainwave frequencies are stored in the part of the brain called the amygdala. Mm. And your amygdala stores all of your emotional memories, and it becomes right. really active. So what we do today is we get our clients to do a 90-second voice recording, mm -hmm. which shows us their emotional life journey, and it shows us where they've had traumas in their life that are still unresolved. Right. Using that technology, we then target those key areas to remove the fears, the doubts, and the limiting beliefs. And what happens is once you have awareness, which is the first step, you can yes. then move to the second step, which is regulation. Yeah, right. Once you regulate those thoughts and feelings, you get mm -hmm. the third benefit, which is an improvement in your motivation. But yeah, it's not right. the jump up and down motivation. It's the resiliency. It's yes. to be able to deal with things effectively. So mm -hmm. self-awareness, self-regulation, and then the bonus is the motivation. Right. Right. And really probably the trickiest step is the self-awareness, isn't it? Because... Uh, Sort of like you just said, you just suggested a ninety-minute voice, a ninety-second, ninety-second, yeah, voice recording, and you can actually unravel um, your entire yeah. life. This measures this measures your emotional life journey from the final trimester in the womb, yeah, all the way up to your current age. And one gentleman I worked with, yes, um, not yesterday, uh, recently. He was struggling um, with with confidence. And mm -hmm. when we took him through his emotional life journey, uh, his mother went to jail when he was nine. His yeah. father died at 11. All of his mum's lovers left him, and he always felt abandoned. And then yeah. his best friend, which was his grandfather, passed away at 17. Mm -hmm. And then at 17, he was kicked out of school. And then at 24, his uh, fiance gets diagnosed with cancer while she's pregnant. And he's just gone from trauma to trauma to trauma. Yeah. And for every trauma, he lost his confidence. Okay. But once he could start to have that awareness of what was actually holding him back, he could use mm. his energy just to solve that one problem. And then he quickly realized there's nothing wrong with my career. There's nothing wrong with my business. It's just I don't have the energy because it's caught up in all of this other repressed stuff that we tend just to hide over there. Yeah. <laughs> you put it over there somewhere and say, I'm going to deal with that stuff one day. Yes, we, so, call, them, we call them anchors, don't we? <laughs> We do. And it's like you keep dragging that um, emotional baggage out into the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really like it's just a matter of uncovering it. And, and I suppose through this 90, 90 second audio, it's just really helping pinpoint because I think what, what you just suggested is really important where a journey starts with the first step, right? The journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one. And uh, the first one is actually saying, well, let's find out where to look. And Who am I? How did I get here? Yeah. And, and the problem is when we look at ourselves, we have our own biases. And, yep. you know, something that I, I love, and I heard this from a self-made millionaire, he said, Daniel, it's not what you know that hurts you. Yeah. It's what you don't know that hurts you. And once you start to understand your personality type, you can start to understand your fears. You know, a lot of business people, they want to scale and grow their business, yep. but they're afraid of somebody taking advantage of them. Now, you might think you have that fear, but if you don't know that you have that fear and you're not convinced, you'll never deal with it. 
Yeah. So when people have this fear of being taken advantage of, they fear losing control. They stop hiring. They stop delegating. And even if they delegate, they micromanage. And eventually, out of frustration, they say, I'll do it myself. Yes. <laughs> and then their workload increases and they mm. start to work 10, 14, 16 hours a day and they pride themselves on hustling. And yes. you know these little photos they put on Facebook and it's the tower and there's only one light on and that one light is the entrepreneur. <laughs> That's, that's stupid. That's, you want to be working and utilizing your energy for eight hours a day and optimizing that eight hours. So you've got eight hours to play with your family and yeah. you really need eight hours to sleep if you want to build a million-dollar business. Yeah, yeah. So so it sounds great because the way what you just described is a balance in life. And it's, it's nice in theory, but in reality, it's more like a harmony in life, isn't it? Some days you have to work harder, some days you have to work shorter, but the overall journey needs all of those components you got to have it. And, you know, I believe one of the most important things in life that we're all trying to achieve, and especially Mm. people who are trying to start a business, is um, we we want peace of mind. Yes. We want peace of mind. We want to feel that we're adding value to our community. We want to feel that our life has purpose. We want to feel that what we're doing brings meaning to other people. And when we do that, um, it doesn't tend to matter how many obstacles we have because we understand it is part of that journey. Okay, I'm going to face an obstacle. I'm going to win. I'm going to fail. It's okay. I'm going to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And having that peace of mind, as you say, means you you, you don't mind failing because it's part of the growth journey. But I think the thing you described earlier is this self-sabotage scenario where people are so stressed about things they may or may not even have control over. And that's really just them hitting the edges of their limiting beliefs right right there, isn't it? 100%. I was doing a um, a webinar the other night and my mum asked me, she, says, she said, Daniel, how was your webinar? I said, it was incredible. She said, how many sales did you make? I said, one. And she said, that's horrible. <laughs> and I said, I know. I said, but I've doubled my sales from 10 years ago. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I did that 10 years ago and I made no sales. So 10 years later, I've made one sale. I've doubled my performance. Yeah. She said, gee, you're optimistic. And I said, that's what we need in business. We've got to remain optimistic yeah. and we've got to learn from those experiences. And and it's, it's a process. We're not going to eliminate all obstacles. We're not going to eliminate all challenges. And the bigger goals we set, the bigger obstacles and challenges we're going to have. So we're going to uh, open our arms to them. And uh, and what I say to my clients is brace for impact. <laughs> get ready to get hit and yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, because the reality of the of growth is growth only occurs under that kind of pressure, right? So if people sort of say that's terrible, we won't do that again, that's not a way to learn. That's just a way to stop learning, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's more about the reiterative process. So, you know. My the, daughter's. The, nine years old and she's holding a leg the other day going oh dad my leg hurts i said what's going what's wrong she said i'm growing <laughs> and i said good it hurts it means you're going to be taller you don't want to be uh four foot your whole life do you and she said no i want to be six foot and i said good well enjoy the pain <laughs> and she went oh pain's good <laughs> it's a great lesson right there isn't it <laughs> you gotta you gotta teach them young i i teach my children um, you know, just when they're riding their bikes, as yeah. soon as you fall off the bike, get back get up. Back and I showed my daughter the other day. I said, look, let, let me show you how I ride the bike. I got up on the bike. I put my foot on the back seat and I put my foot on the handlebars and I started to bike surf. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I'm 41. I still think I'm 17. I went straight over the handlebars and I landed straight on my ribs and something went crack. Oh. And as I was falling forward slow motion, she's still uh, filming me on her <laughs> phone. Yeah. And I thought to myself, gee, I better get back up. <laughs> get back up on the bike and I go again. And she's clapping. But, um, you know, she's watching and now she knows that if you fall down and it hurts, you've got to just get back up and keep going. 
Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So, so look, mindful of time, but uh, you talked about a couple of things which I think people will be very curious about. How do they tap into this kind of resource? Um, you talk about this 90-second audio process. Tell us more about that. Yeah, this this technology blew me away. Um, I always prided, my, prided myself on my competitive nature, yeah. my aggression, because I'm a former Australian champion athlete. I'm a three-time state champion athlete. I competed at the extreme games. I'm competitive. Yeah. But through this technology, I realized that um, I realized there was a part of my personal psychology, and it comes from what's called an enneagram. Yes. That um, my base style was the perfectionist. Now I could have never have seen that in my life until I, it's not a diagnosis, it's just an awareness of that this is part of my personality. Mm. And I started to understand more about this perfectionist personality style. And then I started to look at what was happening in my life. I'd go to the gym, I'd take my shoes off and I'd have to line up my shoes with the floorboards. If I laid on the yoga mat, I made sure that the yoga mat was aligned with the floorboards. And then I started to look around my business and went, oh my gosh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm adjusting this font. I'm adjusting the size of that one. I'm adjusting the color and I'm doing all the things that are not important. And so it was a big breakthrough moment for me. With everything I knew about personal development, I had never seen this in myself. So I started to learn more about the perfectionist style and started to leverage the strengths. And I started to set up processes where those limitations didn't impact me. And so that was a real big breakthrough for me. And I probably had that breakthrough about two years ago. And Mm -hmm. following that breakthrough, I did have my best training year ever. I had 2,222 people through my signature program. And what I found was I wasn't striving for perfection anymore. Mm. I was striving for excellence. And it was like somebody had taken the handbrake off the car. It felt like the handbrake had been on for so long and boom, I just took off. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about that, um, come to my website, DanielTolson.com, and there's information on the website, and it's called Mind Explorer. And uh, it's a phenomenal piece of technology. It's uh, yeah. it's amazing. It's uh, being it's endorsed by the World Health Organization, and it's being used all around the world in mm-hmm. South America, in Europe, and uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes people just really are looking for a way to um, analyze or understand where they need to focus their energy. And when it comes to working on yourself, if you've sort of got those keys and they give you the insight, you can have one of those moments where you aha, and you just sort of. <laughs> You can now sort of pick up and, and really make some big shifts. Yep. And and the, the key word for me was if you can name it, you can tame it. But yeah. if you can't name it, for me, I could never name perfectionism. I never saw it in myself. But once I realized that's what it is, mm-hmm. I could start to tame it and I unleashed that next level of potential within myself. Yeah, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Daniel, look, uh, we could go on for many hours. This is a fascinating <laughs> conversation. And it's one of my favorite topics is all about the personal development, the self-learning beliefs. But um been really really useful really insightful just to understand a bit about your journey and also just giving people some insight into where to look how to look and uh, try and work out what's stopping them from moving forward so thanks very much for your time my pleasure thanks for having me here